Hey fam, before we get going today, um, I'd just like to remind everybody to please take a moment to reflect and pay respect to the lives lost for our freedom this Remembrance Day. This is The Dose, and I'm your host, Mike Schwartz. Welcome to my playground. This is the place to play, a place to spark creativity, share some laughs, and challenge everything you thought you once knew. We're going to chat with some really inspiring people, people with stories, people that move the needle forward, shake shit up, and most importantly, people that have fun. These are just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And you can too. Everyone's a superhero. You just got to find your power. Welcome back, everybody. It is me, Mike Schwartz, the host of The Dose. I've got a spectacular guest on the show here today. Returning guest, Janice Eisenman, the owner of My Body Couture here. She's a movement specialist and nutrition consultant. She's been quoted in just about every publication you can imagine. Reader's Digest, Prevention, My Fitness Pal, Beachbody, Healthline, Bustle, Huffington Post, you name it. She's doing her own writing, health writing. She's crafting up this, that, and the other thing. We got into it on how COVID has really adjusted Uh, people's perception on health and wellness and how successful entrepreneurs in the health space, such as herself, have been able to pivot and really make the most out of uh, the lemon and make it all lemonade stand, set up shop right next door to a freaking marathon, you know? She's she's done some impressive things and we get into it here and uh, I think this is real applicable to any creative out there because we are our business, right? And uh, just listening to the words of of Janice here in our conversation is really inspiring to see how you can just you can just pivot and you just got to do it. Just take that chance. So without further ado, let's get into it with Janice Eisman. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited for my next guest here. We've got returning champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you, we, we just have conversations and we happen to record them. It's been, it's been some time, though. How have you been lately? Great. How are you? Oh, it's been like I'm down in High River. I'm back in Canada. This is the best. This is like the best news of my last six months. <laughs> I am doing very, very well. Um, it's really nice to be home and reconnect with uh, with everybody, individuals like yourself and the the old band crew, the music industry, all the friends that uh, that I, you know, kind of the OGs. The OGs, exactly. The the team, the 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 mean team. So yeah, it's been it's been really really great. So. Um, what, what have you been keeping busy with? I know it's, it's been a lot in the last uh, year. I hear you on the radio and I'm just like, I have this little moment in my heart. I was like, Bleh. I tell everybody, I'm like, that's my friend. <laughs> so what you been up to? Well, um, I mean, since our last conversation, you came all the way back from another continent. I didn't do anything that exciting, but with the COVID closures, I really doubled down into what a digital hybrid business would look like for me. So that has taken my business in a direction that was already planned anyways, and then just expedited that process, shifted it up a little bit because in March, the whole world just like that, got used to Zoom and got used to all of this digital um, world that we're living in now. So I have opportunities that I simply didn't with clients before digitally because the technology was there, but the consumer comfort with it maybe wasn't. Right. Now, for folks that don't or haven't listened to previous uh, conversations of ours, you do many, many things, but movement specialist is the one that keeps on coming up in, yes. uh, in the public eye. So do you mind explaining what exactly it is that you do and why it's so critical for people, especially your typical corporate individual just looking to move better? This is true. 
So movement specialist is kind of in the center of the Venn diagram between something like a physiotherapist and a personal trainer. So I am not either one of those, um, but it sits in the middle because it's all about creating programs for body sustainability. So a physiotherapist is going to work on a client who has already fallen off the edge of a cliff. Something is not right. And there's specific exercises to get those muscles reactivated and get that client out of pain. Mm -hmm. Personal trainers work on fundamentally healthy bodies to move. I am the bridge in the middle where I get people with nagging aches and pains who aren't at the level where they're going to physiotherapists, but often are at the level where they're going to chiropractic or massage therapists or acupuncturists. So it has come to their attention, um, but they're not at the level where that isn't interrupting their fitness. And by fitness, I'm using the broadest possible term. It could be going for a walk. It could be playing with kids or grandkids. It could be standing in your kitchen cooking, just yeah. something where you're, you know, not sitting on your bum. Yeah. So I'm putting together programs based on the level where somebody is coming in. I've had clients that can barely stand up from the floor or barely turn their head to higher level athletes who already maybe have a personal trainer who's doing that strength work, et cetera. And we're really looking at those tools that are available out there that you can use to sustain your body long-term. So people often fall off that physio when things feel better. Most of my clients continue forth with the work that we're doing because it's really meant to keep your body going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's so critical right now, especially, I mean, the, the whole theme of this season, again, being superhero, I want to talk a little bit more about what kind of those, uh, the, those like qualities that we have to find now when we're, we're throwing this totally different abnormal lifestyle now. And, and it sounds like you've been way ahead of the path um, in the sense that it was, it, it was a, it was an easier jump than, than other people I've talked to for sure in, in the fitness or health and wellness space where they just, they, Whoa, I'm brick and mortar. What do I do? How do we go? What's zoom? Like I, I, I talked to so many coaches that are just completely oblivious to that, but how important has it been that that's, that's a superpower right there. The ability to pivot in times like these for these people that essentially they need folks like, uh, like yourself to help sustain that longevity and, and just being able to have their body to a working capacity. How, how, how is that? Like, talk me through, how did you get to that point? How did that pivot happen? Well, that's, that's a couple of years in the making, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is why it happened very quickly. And so it actually happened kind of approaching the expiration of a commercial lease. So I do actually have physical bricks and mortar space. And when that lease was up for renewal and those conversations had to start happening with the landlord. I was at a moment where it just felt a little bit personally overwhelming. I was headed towards something that, I mean, I'm constantly kind of headed towards burnout, but, um, it was, it was, it was on the table. And so I think that a lot of people in our business really struggle with that because when we have our own brand or our own business, we're cleaning the floor, we're doing the sales, we're doing the marketing, we're doing the accounting, we're doing the bookkeeping. And no matter how much we charge clients, there's still only so much of our own time. And so that's, you know, it's dollars for time. And I love working with clients. So that wasn't the problem. It was just, I would go in and do a full day's work and then come home and I am a single parent. So I would have that job on top of now I've got to book clients. Now I've got to do their accounting. Now I've got to answer all my emails. So oh boy, like there's a lot going on in my emails because I haven't looked at those for a couple of days, et cetera. So when I was kind of sitting on the eve of this lease renewal, um, it was really a big moment in my business because I actually have a strong recollection. I'm not really much of a crier, but it, it, it got me to tears because okay. I actually remember saying, you know, I know why most businesses don't last five years because the owners quit because they're just fatigued and tired and over it. And, you know, there's not enough money for the output that you are doing. So at that point, I actually, um, I had a friend who I'll be forever grateful for who came over and grabbed a piece of my son's art paper. It was blue because that's how we roll here. And she grabbed a yellow marker and we started making notes and she, she created kind of 
that classic line down the middle uh, project. And on one half, it was, what would you do if you quit and close the business? I think I came up with three or four ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> on the other side was, how are ways that you could generate revenue? Right. And I cannot tell you to this day if I actually executed a single one of those, but that entire page was full. Yeah. So there was an endless list of things that I could do to create new revenue. And that was a pivotal moment in my business, in my mindset, and in how everything has progressed from there forward. Um, so I don't even know if these were on the sheet, but what ended up coming out of there was doing exclusive product sales for Yamina Body Rolling, which is a brand that I utilize, I teach, um, and I think is like the bomb.com. So every ball that's sold in Canada comes through my office. I became a teacher trainer in that technique. So now I can teach teachers. I started writing so you'll see my writing all over the place there's there's an income attached to that yeah we'll talk about it that's awesome some of it is under my name some of it is actually going to other people in the industry so i write content for people's newsletters and instagrams and things like that um and then one piece of it actually was a digital a digital program so within literally two months i did a test run of a digital program that has actually been, been really foundational to draw back upon during COVID. But I, <laughs> I worked through all the, you know, awkward moments on the camera where I'm like, is this angle looking good? <laughs> um, just the weirdness that it actually honestly is to sit here and look at yourself talk. Zoom is a little better because at least I can see you and talk to you. Um, But just seeing your face in the camera, having that ability to fill space, I kind of worked through all that, all the kinks there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then got to the place where I did a permanent recording as well. So that was just wrapping when COVID struck. So, and then I kept my private client business. So I now have five revenue streams and awesome like a like a good music geek that you are it's it's like a little bit of a dj deck where i can dial one up turn one down and that's make a, it happen. that's a really good launching point for the next question is actually like i i that's a hundred percent superpower like how do you find and that's with the with the audience that we we primarily work with is, is entrepreneurs but music and musicians they they've got to understand like uh, the same thing happened in the fitness industry as in the music industry and everybody just sort of shut down and those who didn't those that weren't the innovators those that weren't breaking the uh, the new trails such as yourself they're still sitting waiting back like oh we'll wait for covid to be over like yeah like, i how- mean I'm, I'm part of some some facebook groups for the industry and I get it, but there was people literally last month saying, Hey guys, I know I'm kind of late to this, but I want to do some zoom classes. And I think that I had a, I had a multi-year jump on this where that was a self-preservation technique back in the day, but you know, within literally no exaggeration, three hours, I had a pathway for my clients and I knew exactly what was going on because I had already kind of gone through some of this stuff. And the biggest barrier was actually, clients comfort with zoom but we you know that quickly came to be as well what yeah what what kind of tips could you share with that because i still hear that uh in in both the fitness industry and also the music space people are immediately fair uh they oh no people don't want to hear me on this and the the zoom the audio quality they'll put up a lot of barriers so that's not true okay so what kind of things did you um did you encounter and how did you squash that well in my private client business, which I'll talk about first, as opposed to groups, yeah. um, my clients still paid the same amount of money. They still kept the same number of appointments per week because at the end of it, I came into that. Let's just start. I came into that conversation from a place of confidence. Yeah. Hello. You know, I called them up. Hello. We've all heard that things are closed. My office is one of them now. So I'd love to offer you your appointment online this week and a great percentage of them took it. Some definitely didn't, 
But what I actually found was that then I was able to work on different things with them. So in my office, I have equipment and honestly, we can get in a bit of a rut sometimes with that, or they have particular favorite pieces of equipment that they want to do or favorite exercises that they want to do. Well, now they're at home. They're in a totally different mindset. They're in a totally different environment. I'm seeing them actually, honestly, from different angles. And so every single client that actually made that transition from in-studio to online back in studio, we saw huge gains and tremendous growth because both for them and for me, we were actually forced to change it up. And then I did have a couple of clients that chose to put a gap in that period. And I mean, it happened. So it's not a critique or criticism, but there was just a tremendously different, um, a tremendous difference because not only was there a gap, which we would normally see kind of differences in pain, performance, endurance, all of that stuff. But this was probably one of the most sedentary periods of life that have ever been available. So it was, it was really heightened impact from, from the, the place of being sedentary. So, you know, I've had those clients say, if this happens again and we have shutdowns again, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to go online with you because it's just no good. Yeah. So, I mean, it honestly, I think that there are always going to be people that say, no, digital is not my medium. Um, I still get group clients that tell me that they're waiting for the classes to come back. I respect that. I'm not going to push somebody past their yeah. comfort level. But I think a lot of it really comes down to, I didn't feel for one second that my education, my experience, or that my eye had changed. And I approached the clients and offered them and sold the benefits of it. Yeah. We're going to work on your abs. We're going to work on that core. We're going to work on your flexibility. We're going to work on some of the stuff that we didn't ever get a chance to actually dig deep enough into when you were at the studio. Done. Yeah, exactly. And well, I, I see it from both sides, being the musician that I am, but also the the fitness professional, I saw a lot of the obstacles very, very similar as far as the, you know, the, the, the gym team that are used to squat racks and dumbbells and barbells yeah. and didn't have that, they put that up as a block and the musicians that were rock bands put that up as a block. Well, we can't plug in. So, you know, yeah. Might as well, it's like, like innovation here. So what kind of things did you, has much changed in the, in the space or the equipment with your, with what you were doing? Well, it, it did because in my, in my studio, I use equipment and yeah. that wasn't available in people's homes. But I mean, that's where I would actually go back to diversity again. I think I have put money, quite a lot of it, into continuing education every year for 14 years, closing it on 15. So I'm plucking back things that maybe I hadn't taught for five years, or maybe I have let the equipment do the work for me in certain areas. And I literally have still, I mean, you could close me down again and say, okay, you're not allowed to teach anything that you did during COVID. And I still would have a whole library of tools, techniques, exercises, and approaches that I haven't, I haven't exhausted yet. So I think, I think I would say in that case, it's continuing education and just really going into an approach where if I'm relying on equipment, once again, you know, that, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. we all should be in a place where we are not handicapped by the lack of a piece, a single piece of equipment or handicapped by anything. anything really. yeah. Yeah. And there's always going to be problems and issues. Like when I went to log on to the zoom call, the microphone wasn't working, reboot. Yeah. but it's five minutes. It's not a whole business for six months. And, and I've seen that too. And people are very, very understanding. Like it happens to them because most of the people that we're working with are very accustomed with zoom for their work. And like, they have those experiences where, you know, not everybody's wearing pants and like, (laughs) there's like a video screen on microphones, not working. They're going through a whole presentation and the mic was never on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we've all done this, but that's, I mean, there's going to be human error and there's going to be things that we look back on that didn't run smoothly or what have you, but 
that's totally different than, I mean, I'll tell you one of the reasons that that diversification even happened in the first place is an acute awareness that Calgary is a one trick pony. Mm -hmm. So our local economy is based on one thing. Nothing had already basically collapsed by the time I moved here, but that sits in the back of my head and has for the years that I've lived here is don't build a business based on the one trick pony. Cause if that pony rides out of town, your business rides with it. Exactly. Right. Diversification, so key. I mean, it seems like you've, uh, again, 14 years, coming up on 15 years in the industry, tons of continuing education. This is a superpower that is, a, is a, definitely a learned skill too. Is there anybody that you look up to that is, uh, is somebody that you can kind of point in the direction for others that want to learn how to get that diversification, look at the innovation and the creativity? Is there anybody else in the industry that you kind of look up to? Um, I'm not watching one particular person. So again, I would say that I'm, I have my finger broadly on broadly what's going on. So I get that often through attending real life, not this year, obviously, but real life fitness conferences. So I go down to idea in LA or Las Vegas. I go to shows in, you know, we, we've been to the CanFit Pro in Toronto many times. Um, but at in those environments, there are the lasting trends, there's things that are up and coming, there's, and you can really get a sense based on kind of those themes of what's happening in our business and where it's going. Because you look at that, you look at the trade show floor of CanFit Pro, and you see the same stuff 15 times that wasn't there last year, you know that that's something that you know, clients are going to want to see or that things are moving in that direction. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. And then on top of all of this, I mean, the, it's, it's, it's just, it's so empowering for me sitting on the, on the sidelines, being the cheerleader, watching what you've got going on, because we've just talked about all of this business and how proactive you've been and how innovative you are. And you've got this personal life that is also like, that's the thing people forget about uh, when people are high performers, where you're, you're doing, you're moving things, you're shaking shit up and you're, you're really creating change and looking at new ways to design that business but there's a real end goal there. And that's because like, without that, we don't have our, you know, our hierarchy of like, you know, we don't have our food, we don't have a shelter, we don't have our, our protection. So can you speak to how does this all translate to your personal development? And like, how important is it to have that ability to pivot and change and be radical with like, okay, cool, snap decision, we got to go this way, because that road's blocked. Can you speak right. Well, as you already alluded to, um, there is a personal life happening here and, (laughs) and it's, and it's a child. So I, I lone parent a child and, and I'm the sole family, you know, I don't share custody. I don't have, um, a second source of income. I don't, there's no support payments, et cetera. So that is a strong motivating factor because at the end of it, COVID rolls through town and, the rent is still due in my commercial space. The rent is still due in my personal space. So, you know, we, we have to make it work. We is in me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a little young yet. <laughs> um, so I actually find that it's, that it's absolutely paramount to have your personal ducks in a row. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say that mine are always, it's always flowing smoothly, but that mental health component is very critical personal balance. And I don't even believe in work-life balance because as an entrepreneur, your work is your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, not, not moving towards burnout, making sure that there is enough time for at least a gloss over of cleaning the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that my job and my life are completely merged and you will see my business moving in directions that are personal interest to me. You'll see my business um, really reflect the, that personal growth because that personal growth element is what keeps the lights on in this apartment and it keeps me um, raising a child. And I think that if we try to completely separate them, so that idea of a work-life balance, it really means that we go to work with this kind of mask on our face. We ignore the personal life and we come home, we do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as entrepreneurs, especially in those more creative fields, and I do consider fitness part of creativity, we have to have that aligned. So whatever is kind of going on at home is probably going on at work and vice versa. And we're the only ones who are fooling ourselves. (laughs) 
So our clients can tell when things are kind of off, just the same way we can tell when our clients are off. Totally. So I have really spent, honestly, I've spent more time in the last 14 years upgrading my personal emotional toolkit and my personal resilience skills and my personal skills just in general than I have continuing ed. Because continuing ed, you can go bang out a course in four days and get the paper, but that doesn't, you're not getting a paper for life. No, yeah. Application, right? You got to put right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. What kind of things could you share with us? Um, I think it's so important, especially since COVID. That's one of the number one things I'm hearing is that people are running out of time to be by themselves. Like they just, they feel like they're, I, I see it as they're making themselves more busy, even though we have more time. What kind of things you keep on coming back to that, you know, that space and having the ability to kind of keep your ducks in a row. What kind of things do you do um, as, as hacks of, of making sure there is that balance or boundaries even of, uh, of being able to keep your head on and keep that mental space efficient? I mean, the two biggest things that I started doing were making sure that I actually went to bed early because then I can wake up at, I, I actually wake up at five. So most of most mornings my intention is to do my social media and do a bit of other marketing work um this week for example i've been really tired that's just personal time so i can't tell you that i accomplished anything because i didn't yeah. oh, <laughs> but there's a window there that nobody else can steal no clients are texting me at five in the morning no one's expecting an answer to anything at five in the morning. People aren't emailing me. I'm not servicing clients at five in the morning. So there's nobody, there's nobody to steal that time for me. And that for you, it may not be five in the morning, but yeah. I do recommend that it's at some day point when the business day is not part of it and nothing can, nothing can come in the way of that space. The second thing, and, I, and again, I'm going to speak from the position of a fitness professional, Mm -hmm. was doing my own workout that had nothing to do with clients. So I think quite often, and I, and I didn't honestly realize that it had, that it had become that, mm -hmm. but all of the workouts that I was doing, you know, leading group classes and doing demonstrations and, you know, all of what we do was with or for clients. And COVID was the first time in probably nine years that it wasn't for marketing. It wasn't for clients. It wasn't wasn't for anyone. It was for my own mental health. And I chose an activity that actually wasn't something that I teach. I chose something totally different uh, because that way I put my teacher, my professional hat off and I go do it alone. It's not in a gym. It's not in a facility. I have my little podcasts in my ear. And that is for me, non-negotiable at this point. So some days I don't even know how I, I'm going to find the time to do it, but because it is, I hear you, I feel the same thing. I feel like there are more pressures on time. There's more forms to fill out. There's, I don't even know how we got into this place of more, but I do feel that in COVID. And so creating that boundary where I'm doing that for me and not for others is critical. Absolutely. Couldn't agree um, more. Now, on that note, I, I love the the superpower that you've got. You know, super mom. You've got this ability to, like you said, with the uh, the mixing board there, you can turn levels up on different things, which is really, really that's that's fundamental. With every superpower, there is that kryptonite, though. What would you say is your kryptonite, and could you share with us how you come to recognize it and when it's coming in? Um, I I say yes to too many things and. And it's like literal physical stuff. Like you can even see behind me, I have a shelf with stuff on it. You know, there's no minimalism happening here. Yeah. So when I, when I find an opportunity, I take it, I say, yes. Um, I don't necessarily put boundaries on things maybe the way that I should. An example I'll give you of that is I do, I do guest a number of podcasts and I have seen some others say, no, I only guest on Wednesdays. And if that doesn't work, it doesn't work. I say yes. And I figure out the rest of my schedule around it. Yeah. Um, so I think that just generally, I have too many emails. I have too many messages in Messenger yeah. and Instagram. And I am trying to get a bit better at editing and deleting 
last weekend I went through and deleted a bunch of Instagram but you know you get those Instagram messages from people that right yeah totally you don't know oh my god you don't want to know um <laughs> but I'm generally a person who would just keep that sitting in the inbox and then when I think about Instagram I'm like oh my goodness I have like oh yeah messages in there so just trying to I'm unsubscribing from email newsletters Last yep. year, I actually Marie Kondo my house. So I went through and just got rid of things that weren't. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's just that clutter. Sometimes I find, I was just having this conversation too. Sometimes as a, as a creative myself, I, I like that disorder. <laughs> Whoa, because like sometimes it, it helps like spark something that I need. Yeah. Most of the time though, I've got to be like, okay, this is the way my life is. This is like organized. I'm, I'm very methodical in that. And I think over the last two years, that's the, the, the area I've leveled up to. So I can definitely share with you, like saying yes and having those boundaries. It can be a really, really good thing because you're going to get a lot of those opportunities, but then you almost, I've, I've noticed maybe you have too, that you, you kind of create more space for yourself in, um, in saying no. Right. So that you can have that, oh, that ability to kind of pick and choose what opportunities come to you. And then the good ones generally come come in that, that good energy and a good vibe. And I mean, you're, you're just dynamite. And I've, I've watched this since I've been back in like you're there's a reason that it's it's been like a few months since we, we can actually get on this show. It's because <laughs> it's not just like call Janice up, you know, I wish it was that. Yes, over here, Mike. So you're competing with all the yesers. I know, I know, I know. That's the thing is that I feel very blessed to be in uh, in your presence right now. I'm very grateful for that. So um, it, that's that's awesome because I, I do see that as a trend for a lot of people to to not be able to put up those boundaries. Um, but uh, it's not. I say this all the time. This is not maybe not not saying no it's just no right not right now or if you yeah. treat it like a party you're showing up a little bit late to that party and you're leaving a little bit early right yeah so i think i think it's both i mean it it, it is a kryptonite to actually oh, yeah. we are living right now in a place where it is so easy to set up a zoom call with anybody and that is I mean, there was a moment we all can remember this when it was like exhilarating and now it's become exhausting because I think it's really easy to send out a request to somebody to just do, let's just do a quick zoom call. But before you know it, you've got four of them in a day and it's not quick. That's, you know, like minimum of those are 15 minutes. That's an hour or they run up to an hour or whatever. And that's four hours out of your day. So I've had a lot of clients that tell me the same thing. Like I feel now like I'm getting nothing done in the day. And I think it's just, talk is cheap now right yeah absolutely yeah i think we we do spend a lot more time um w wasted honestly like yeah. it's just I, a matter of not not putting up those boundaries and not taking that time and i i found my strategy is honestly very similar to yours i'll get up at 5 a.m and then before before eight i've got most of me if not all of me done and taken care of so i don't have to like juggle around the rest of the schedule the workday can happen and that frees up space for myself and i'm sure you're the same way it frees up for a little bit more space so if something does come in like a writing opportunity you that's that's why you have the ability to say that's yes that's right i think i i implemented that long ago with nutrition actually so in the morning i have a smoothie and i put in spinach powder and chia seeds and berries and kale and there's protein in there and then quite frankly i mean i did this a long time ago when i drank a lot more champagne and ate a lot more hors d'oeuvres but I, I knew at that moment that even if everything went completely south and sideways for the whole rest of the day while well, i had eaten or drank or whatever <laughs> um, yeah. servings of vegetables in my morning smoothie. And, and I think of that little morning, you know, I'm not a morning person. I don't want to go to bed at nine, but that's, you know, if I look at that window between set between five and eight, so much is happening there that even if I literally sit on the couch for the rest of the day, I can be like, it's not going to implode here. Perfect. Yeah. It's just being proactive instead of reactive. And I think that, wow, that's, that's a life lesson right there. I, uh, wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Sweet. What's next then? Well, I, what's next is actually letting this settle. So I do have a tendency to, again, take on too much and to, to get big goals and big things. And so I actually have 
recently brought on a life coach and a business strategist. And literally part of the function of those is let's, let's amp up a little bit more of those. So on the life coach end, amp up a few more of those things that are bringing me really passion and joy in my life. And they're not new things. They're, you know, photography, writing, fashion, things like that, that I've always had a passion for, but just in, in COVID land kind of got squished and flattened. Um, so bringing those back in and then on the business end, just literally sitting down once a month and, and not adding anything, just looking for ways to tweak and to, and to make them a little bit sharper. Um, but yes, this is the first time in a long time that I can say not adding anything, just just working on what exists. Cause I have already, I, I already have those five prongs. They are not none of them are new business units. Some of them do need a bit more attention. Mm -hmm. Some of them need tweaks or whatever, but instead of trying to reinvent the wheel every month and throwing it all out, just, just actually creating that time to sit down, go through it and then be accountable for that in a month. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it's it. And that comes back to like the management of it. So if you've got a better eye on it, you can see what areas aren't optimized. Right. And that's where you can make that leverage and just take what you already have. That's so key for no matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter. Even if you're an entrepreneur, if you can take what you're already doing and optimize it, you're already doing it. It's just like a good habit. Yeah. Just add, add in to tweak it, make a slight change, but you got to measure those metrics. You got to have some form of, of measurement on that. Otherwise you're just, you know, throwing darts. And yeah. And I, I feel like there's definitely times in my business that I've thrown the darts and we're all throwing darts at, yeah. at something to some extent, but I think just saying, you know, this is, this, these are the buckets that need to be filled. This is how I enjoy spending my time. This is what I'm good at. This is what's making me money and looking at those and just moving one step at a time towards improvement, as opposed to rip up the whole plan and start over. Um, I think especially on the creative entrepreneur end we do tend to go more in that intuitive direction and just flow where the water takes us. And sometimes, at least for me, I can start to get a little far up river. So, so, so just bringing it back and literally seeing it on a piece of paper. So I know that that's an often repeated kind of thing that people will tell you, but it really, for me, that doesn't come naturally. I'm not someone who's like, Whoa, let's get this on a spreadsheet so I can see it. You no, know, that same. Yeah. I'm it's not me. So the fact that I'm actually doing that and it doesn't feel overwhelming and it, and it kind of, like I said, it keeps me really accountable because I know I'm going to go sit with my business strategist again in a month. So anything is not done like the week before I'm hustling to get, to get it done. <laughs> That's actually super helpful for me because I think, especially as an entrepreneur, I really don't answer to anyone. <laughs> so once my weeks start rolling, they're like a snowball and it's just, it's hard. That momentum is there but because of that four or six or eight weeks can go by and I barely notice that something hasn't gotten done. So literally writing it out and remembering and then kind of retasking and reorienting things is really, really helpful. Oh, that's gold. That's, uh, that's so key for any business. I mean, if you guys are listening and you're running your show and it's a shit show, take some advice. <laughs> you go hire somebody to keep you accountable yeah. because musician, fitness and professional, whoever you are, even if you want to start up just a, a a, a craft project on the side the more organization you can keep and the more accountable you can keep the the better you're going to have a chance to success right and i do want to add that you still have to do it in a way that's very authentic to you so i've had people try to put their organization strategies into my business and it never really works so it is also know thyself i know that i'm not going to update a spreadsheet daily that's just not i'm just not going to do it and i can promise somebody that I will, but I'm not going to. So I literally, I like writing with a pen and a book. Um, and nobody is actually asking me to be somebody that I'm not. So finding that coach who's willing to still let your personality be there and your basic mindset be there, I think is a big thing. Yeah. Now, where would you recommend somebody who's interested in looking at business coaching or looking at, uh, at having that accountability, like, is there, like, wh- where did you seek that out and what, what led you to that? Um, I actually, 
work with a person who used to own a fitness facility. So my Facebook pages are bombarded with coaches and having gone through a coaching program myself, there is a whole set of people and I'm not disparaging them, but who go through that kind of training and immediately turn around and become coaches to people who want to start that kind of business. That person for me just didn't have enough experience in the industry. They hadn't experienced what it's like to be an owner and know how many balls you're juggling and see those membership up and downs and things like that. So the particular person I'm using as a strategist actually owned a facility that later shut she knows what she is talking about. Yeah. She's been through the ups and she's been through the downs. She knows what it is to have members. She knows what it is to have privates. She knows what it is to do marketing. She knows some key players. So I went to a person who's totally non-competitive, but gets this game. They didn't become a coach after taking a vocational training. And Again, that might be a great fit for somebody else. But for me, especially after 14 years, I need somebody who has some chops about what is, what this is. And also she's one of my clients. And so she knows me and knows my business and she knows what she values. She also is able to give me honest feedback, things that she notices aren't working. So I don't tend to hire experts who actually don't have that personal client connection. I just don't because my business is so it's one-to-one and so I want to have that relationship with a coach and not kind of follow that cookie cutter model because if I was to I would be following the advice of other coaches I've been given and being in bikinis on my Instagram which isn't my business at all and that's how sometimes I could tell that somebody wasn't a fit at all because they would come back to me and say here's a stock image of something that you should post. I'm like, wow, that is a complete lack of understanding of what my business actually is about. Yeah. It's so key to find that right relationship. Right. Cause yeah. Yeah, I would, I, I just come back to the music thing. If, uh, if I've got a team around me of people who really understand me as an artist or me as a fit, like the same thing as the fitness industry. It's just like, if, if you really understand what my coaching is, you're going to have better recommendations. Even if you're not the, really? you know, that 3.2 million followers on Instagram, like that doesn't mean shit to me if you don't understand how to communicate my message, like, you know, so. Yeah, and- I heard it said one time and I, and I would have to agree with it. I do apologize. I don't remember who said it, but you need a hundred clients. You need a hundred people, hundred clients. You need a hundred people who are deeply interested in your business. And when you actually frame that, to reality, it means that when you're doing this mad hustle to build that Instagram, like you said, to 3.2 million people mm-hmm. by doing something that actually isn't even on brand for your business, that's useless because it's going to be those hundred people that like every post and engage constantly that actually drive your business. Totally. Yeah. That's, uh, gotta say it. My girl T Swiss, right? Swizzy, she's all, that's how you get that hundred or for her, it's more like a thousand raving fans. You get somebody that's that invested that they would buy your dirty socks. Honestly, they're just like, they will do anything to help support you. And when you can find that and you can build a small contingent, you've got it made. It doesn't matter. That's success right there. It's, you can build authentically, you can build up a genuine business. And then those people are going to feel that much more integrated and they're going to bring their people to you. We did it. We solved. That's it. That's all we have to do. Right. (laughs) If only it was that simple. I mean, that's, we're in such a world of information overload that it's not, people just like just a closing note on that. I found people don't, it's not about the information. It's about the transformation. How are you going to impact their life? right? They don't care about the why necessarily. They just want to know how you're going to do it and have a good time doing it. Right. Like that's, that's what I find. No, I agree. I think, I think especially right now at the beginning of COVID, we saw a great percentage of our fellow fitness folks dumping every piece of content they could onto the internet for free. So there is not a client alive who does not know that this happened, who does not remember that this happened. 
And we can all go on to YouTube and find random free videos right now. None of us need to exist. So what are they, what do we exist for? The client relationship, the care, the personalized attention, the personalized programming building and accountability. So it isn't really about the information at this point in history. So we have to not lose sight of the fact that we are holding some precious piece of, you know, it's not the next push up that your client's going to do that is unlocking the key to longevity, health and happiness for them. But our relationship with them is going to change how they look at that push up and how they do the push ups and the fact that they do it at all. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind when we're speaking, when we're marketing, when we're branding ourselves and when we're doing this whole hustle that it isn't getting your information out there as fast as you can. It's, yeah. it's being real about it and infusing your own experience into it. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Cap that off. That sounds like authenticity and innovation. Yeah. Superpower of, of you right now. If you had to close with, finding somebody out there who's just really struggling you know they're they're sitting back going like oh i don't know how to how do i unlock whatever it is i have as a superpower what what kind of thing would you would you recommend for anybody kind of watching or listening that is struggling to to find that inner superhero in themselves do what comes naturally and easily to you years ago i called it the free square so when you go to a bingo game if anybody does that anymore there's always the free square that right from the start you get to take your dabber and you're like boop got it um and so no matter what else happens around you that might be the only one you get but you've got one and i find that um especially because we're in this world where we're told always that hard work is what gets you to the top and hard work and work ethic and it's hard to start a business and this is hard and that's hard and it's about willpower etc that we forget that actually what comes easiest and most naturally to us is going to be where the secret sauce actually is. Mm -hmm. There is a lot to be said, of course, for hard work and willpower and discipline. But if you start with what comes naturally to you, that's how you're going to get those little successes underneath you. That could be sales, that could be marketing, that could be speaking, that could be writing, it could be creativity. So if somebody wasn't paying you to do this, what would you do? That's where you need to start. And I even would argue that if it's not in the field that you're working in, let's say it's not even fitness, maybe this is a time to segue out because it's no longer something that is coming easy and joyfully to you. So work with those clients that are easiest create content that is easiest. This does not have to be something where, like when I opened my business, I actually remember thinking, yeah, I said this was hard. It doesn't feel that hard, but it's because I did things that I liked and that I was good at. Yeah. Taking those transferable skills from other careers, taking transferable skills from my hobbies and building a business around that. I mean, there's things that I don't like doing. I don't, I don't do them. Um, so my marketing really reflects those free squares and the way that I interact with my clients reflects those free squares. Awesome. And then in return, you attract more of the stuff that you want, right? right? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Which is why that is the strategy to getting started because you're going to build on that free square without grinding yourself into that bingo square where there's only one in that damn. Damn. Uh, bingo what a way to wrap that's a that's a fantastic i i have visual and everything i'm sitting there <laughs> damn it grandma you won again you know <laughs> Jazz, it's always a blast yeah it's uh it's fantastic and like what a way to wrap on that like honestly like none other than than janice eisman on, on <laughs> so sweet there we go you're you're brilliant you're um you're such a like just a beautiful soul and the energy that you bring to everything. It's just, it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything and I know I'm doing stuff. <laughs> Sorry, you, pick, my, pick my, pick my socks up here. Holy Jesus. Like, I feel like I could, I need more days to be able to equate to the amount of work that you put into it, but it really does shine through that it's stuff that you genuinely care about. And you do have that vested interest more than your, uh, you know, your, your 3.2 million coach up on the Instagram thing is that it's very authentic. And you do, you do speak the truth when it comes to uh, building from, from relationships, cause you're doing it and that's fantastic. And I've seen it. Oh, uh, like, I, know it. I know it, I know it, I know it. So where can people find you? They, I, I want to, I want to get 
people that are not sure about this movement thing they're they're locked up they're they're dealing with pain that they're like they've just written it off as like i'll always be there i'm talking to some of you you know who you are <laughs> you gotta see janice here and where's the best place uh they can they can contact you and reach you and see what you're up to my business name is my body couture i assume you're going to provide the link but it's three separate words my body third word is couture c-o-u-t-u-r-e I am at the dot com. I also am slash Facebook slash Twitter slash Instagram. I am on YouTube and LinkedIn under my personal name, which is Janice, which is spelled like Joplin Eisman, which is I-S-A-M-A-N. And then I write for Elephant Journal. So I'm there under my name as well. So there's a plethora of different multimedia sources and you can type my name into apple podcasts and find a ton of conversation about business parenting motherhood entrepreneurship relationships there's a lot of stuff going on over there oh love it and that's so what you're saying is you're pretty hard to find basically google and you're in right yeah. so that is fantastic um i can't thank you enough for uh for your time this has been wonderful as it always is um please let me know if there's anything down the line where i can help out and uh and start um start leveling up my game my god i like i feel like <laughs> This is my Friday and I feel like, oh, I better start my week again. Jesus. <laughs> so always a blast here and inspiration, my friend. So keep rocking. Any plans over the weekend? Kicking it? Just going to actually take it off. So I often will work through some weekends, but this time, no, no, no. And I'm just going to take it off and do some eating. That's, that's the Zen. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much once again for your time. Uh, we'll be sure to provide all the show notes in there. And um, yeah, let me know how uh, how else we can uh, start. I, I just got to level up my game now. That's all it is. Amazing. Heard it here, folks. I got to level up my game. You got to be <laughs> as awesome as Janice here. So thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Woo. All right. How awesome was that? I hope you guys got something cool out of that as I sure as heck did. Always a blast. Thank you so much, Janice, for stopping by on the show. For those of you who don't know, it is November and that means I'm growing a dirty mustache. That's right. Dirty mustache. And I'm also swinging kettlebells for suicide prevention for men and mental health for men in the music industry. So if you'd like to learn more, click the show notes here, movember.com slash Mike the Schwartz. That's my team page. It would be awesome if you could consider contributing to the cause. Again, dirty mustache to go with this gross mullet and like coolest kettlebell swings, all right? So I'm swinging the kettlebell every single day in the month of November just for you guys, all right? Leave a rating, leave a review uh, wherever you listen to your finest podcasts and uh, be sure to share this thing out with someone you care about if you dig it, all right? You can find uh, Janice over at mybodycouture.com and again, every every little bit here is gonna be in the show notes. So till next time, folks, you stay sweet. Peace.